Hi everyone, it's Jill Maria with I'm Here With Magazine. I'm Here With Magazine is definitely known for its stars and for its topic of film. We love to give advice to you all because we love you all that much. <laughs> Today we have a really exciting interview because it's one of the most kind people that we know personally that we have not had the chance to really get to dive in and work with. But we see him rising with so many things. He's an artist himself. He is the lead Ontario agent and the West Coast representative of Ignite Agency, talent agency. Sorry if I didn't say that uh, correct. So Zyrak Dean Osman, he is just everything. We had to catch him during COVID time. So it's not easy, the, the times right now for us all. But Zyrak just picked up our new cover star, Jordan Gooden. So we had to talk to him, all things acting, advice on what people can do during this time, what the new view of film is going to look like. So welcome, Zyrak, to I'm Here With Magazine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I, I really appreciate um, the opportunity to, to speak on behalf of the industry. And thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you. Your extensive and long knowledge of the film industry in the States and all the way in Toronto and Vancouver uh, especially, we really need to pick your brain. Everybody is going nuts inside of their homes. All the artists want to make sure they're prepared for when everything opens up. We want to ask you some of the tips and tricks that you can give away to us. Um, what actors could really do during this time with what's going on? Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, we're on trying times right now and we are entering into a paradigm in this industry that uh, is new for everybody. I like to say that COVID has put everybody on even ground right now. So if anybody out there has felt that they've been at disadvantage or maybe favoritism in the business, because we know that does happen, mm -hmm. uh, COVID's put us all on the same uh, even playing ground. So I've got lots of information for you guys to to ignite and to you know look forward to having a, a prosperous career. That's so important. Um... So the details that we want to know a little bit is the prep work on a resume, the prep work for, you know, enrolling in classes or already having done classes. How important is all of this? Well, okay. So with a resume, a resume is sort of uh, your business card that is seen by your professional representation, uh, casting directors who are calling you into the room. Uh, directors, producers, writers, clients, and if we're referencing TV or episodics, uh, you know, network network executives. Um, it is the, the trusting guide if a casting director doesn't know who you are um, to just to determine uh, your capabilities, what are your qualities, and if you are worthy to be brought into the room. The role of a casting director essentially is to bring in people that uh, meet the specs of the production. And um, essentially, a casting director is bringing people in they believe will book the role. So your resume has to be honest. It has to be fluid, and it needs to be crisp and clean. Uh, so what I like to see on a resume, uh, I like to start my resume off with uh, television series or episodics. 
shot straight through the country on, of course, Vancouver being the hub in Canada for a television series. Uh, things uh, the nature of CW Network shoots a lot of productions in Vancouver. So we're talking like The Flash, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Riverdale, and so on. Very, very big productions. What separates an actor from the average person or the average actor? Um, you may be called in for a role that is specific in terms of the look. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is your calling card. You're, you, you must have solid headshots that represent your brand. Um, so once we, we, we take a look at an image and we sort who we think has the look, then we cross-reference those selected by viewing the resume. That's what will separate everybody from the look. So, as I was saying, uh, TV series or episodes should be listed first. Mm-hmm. So what we'd like is the name of the episodic, the episode, and the episode name. So that would be in your far left com- column. And in the middle, we would put the capacity of your role. So what that means is, uh, the capacity of the role sort of defines the capability of an actor and how much dialogue they can run. So, for example, an actor role is less than five lines. Those roles are more pertinent to your look. So when you're called for the role, that look, uh, they want to know you look like your headshot. And then secondly, can you take direction? Now, nobody is going to assume that you're going to win an Oscar award for less than five lines. But what that does do is create an atmosphere of some of the hardest auditions because you don't have a lot to work with. Uh, so there's one, two, three, four, five liners. May not seem like a lot, but they are very difficult uh, to audition for. Uh, so a casting director who doesn't know you will sort of look at the capacity of the roles on your resume. And then, of course, your final column to the right on your resume should either reflect the director or the network. I prefer the network uh, because that resounds. Uh, you know, everything is based on... on the paradigm of what that network is. Uh, so, for example, if it's a CW network, we know it's a massive production that a casting director trusted to book you. Therefore, when you have recognizable credits, other casting directors are interested in you who haven't brought you to the room. So be very clear, concise, and honest with what you're putting on that resume. That so, is, yep. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I was about to say for the audience, this is gold for everyone to listen to and to seriously take um, action on what you're saying because now is when they are opening casting. Is that is that what's happening right now? Well, we've, what we're seeing is each market is sort of provincially governed. Um, on a national level, we're waiting for the green light uh, to move forward with actually uh, shooting uh, on the set. Now, the paradigm's changed drastically um, we have received information from uh, large casting houses and production houses stating that background is not going to be used currently, but we're still uh, under the restrict guidelines of social distancing. So the, di- the dynamic of our crew on production has been streamlined and slipped down. So we're looking at quite a few uh, roles being uh, deleted for now, such as background. Uh, you know, hair, makeup, wardrobe will all take place. Usually, they're, what they're looking at now is having one person take on the, the two, three, four jobs to keep that social distancing. Wow. Um, and then you 
we're going to have, uh, you know, yourself and whoever else is on set in the scene. Literally, the numbers are so low right now uh, as to who's going to be on that production set. So this is new for everyone. So uh, just just be mindful that safety measures are coming first right now. Um, I know that uh, nationally the government has allowed up to 10 people to sort of congregate. Uh, if you have a bubble family, which means maybe your family and my family can hang out together. But we're trying to keep um, the numbers low here so that we keep the rate of COVID and the transmission next to nothing. That's the goal. That is the so, goal, yeah. So everybody is sort of, uh, you know, running with the guidelines of safety first. So keep that in mind. So that's the same thing as uh, I do know in Vancouver we have some casting houses that have opened up and doing live auditions right now. The first round is, is, is definitely being done by self-tape. Um, I want to make a, a particular note here about Zoom, Zoom conference calls. Um, it's being now called Zoom is the new room. Everything <laughs> is moving online. Oh. So your, your callback is going to be via Zoom. Wonderful. There's and some people. That, you'll get your booking. And is that not that is not the way it used to really go? So things have really changed now. Right. So initially, you'd be called in a, a, a select group of people on, and you know, depending on your market and how how, how large the market is, how many cast directors are there. Uh, we're looking at you know, typically in Canada, 15, 20 people in the room. Then we would have a host of. of uh, opportunities to have other actors who are not called to the room to do a self-tape, so they have additional options. So when I was saying COVID has sort of created an even playing ground for everybody, so those regular actors that have established relationships with casting directors are the ones obviously are trusted and they're brought to the room because the casting director believes they'll book. Uh, they too are now having to self-tape. So those 15, 20 regular people getting in the room are now self-taping with people who are, are rising like Jordan, who are coming into the game and, 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 and gaining notoriety. So he's able, much like other actors, to uh, be considered for the same role by a self-tape. Wow. Also, I'll, I'll ask. Oh, no, you go. So the paradigm meaning Zoom. So, for example, I just did... Uh, a casting last night for uh, a big uh, national commercial uh, telecommunications commercial. I won't say the name, mm -hmm. but um, you know, we have, in this business we we've got to be very hush hush yeah. um, in terms of what we're casting uh, and what the roles are and the specs because um, there's competition out there and, and and it's just rightful and respectful to to be mindful of people's um, privacy and the non-disclosure agreements that happen in this business. So essentially what happens is um, I've got uh, a host of actors that had self-tapes for the roles uh, that were due today. And that, that first round happened via self-tape. And they're usually either sent through Dropbox. WeTransfer is a big one right now that they're using. Uh, and that either the actor can um, submit the self-tape audition directly I, as an agent, prefer to know what is being put out there because my reputation is important. Mm -hmm. And it gives me an opportunity to give some redirect uh, to the talent, which would normally happen in the room. Self-tapes are a huge beast. Um, you don't get 
the opportunity to get the redirect from the casting director in the room to sort of prompt what they're looking for. So you prepare it based on what you believe the character in the role is, and you know you, you put it out to the universe that uh, you've sort of encompassed uh, and did the character break down uh, to the best of your ability, and hopefully what casting's looking for. So I like to play the role of the casting director in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that stuff tends to be sent to me first. I like to review it, critique it, give some redirect. Uh, so that subject needs to come in long before it's due, so we have time to retape it uh, with the notes. Uh, and then, you know, typically I like to take it out of the hands of the actor. If we think that self-tape is good to go, I'll, I'll submit that self-tape directly from uh, myself being the agent. Awesome. You really represent your talent. That's something that, um, you know, I, I would love to pick your brain about the industry all day, but I think they could um, they could reach out to you and, and have you as potentially their agent, and then they can find out more information. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to give my, my general um, email if anybody is interested in communicating with me or, uh, you know, I'm constantly taking uh, actor submissions from across the country and, and, and across America. Um, Ignite Artists, um, I think you stated I was the West Coast rep. I'm actually the East Coast rep. East Coast, yes. And, Vancouver. Yeah, East Coast rep. Uh, Ignite is actually based in Vancouver. And so I essentially was hired to um, create the newest chapter on the East Coast, uh, become the lead agent and the East Coast representative. But I do have a contingency of actors on the West Coast that I represent as well as you know Jordan and I represent actors in America as well so we do have our chapters separated but on both coasts we we do represent uh, uh, across North America okay and you used to work with major look that's your agency is that right that's correct um I worked I owned major look for nearly nine years I you know, went through a bout of losing a lot of people in my life. I never experienced this before, so I lost my mother four and a half years ago. I was her primary caregiver as she battled lung cancer. And I took a sort of backseat to the agency, meaning I'm I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I like to coddle my my children, I like to call it, uh, my (laughs) actor. And I like to be firsthand, the primary person dealing with them. So uh, I did all of the submissions, all of the uh, pitches and offers and contracts. Uh, But, you know, my team that I had, uh, Bree Crosby and DC Mathias, who I will give a shout out to, they both own their own agencies now. We worked together for uh, seven years before they, they split off. And the intention was always to create uh, more agencies um, that are systemic of love and, and community. So DC and uh, Daniel Mathias is the owner of DC Mathias Management in Vancouver. And Brie Crosby is the owner of UC Talent, Y-U-C-I. And so they were instrumental in my growth and helping me as I cared for my mother. So they answered all the calls, did the payouts, uh, set up the audition requests and such while I cared for my mom. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, I took care of her. Uh, she lasted about three and a half months uh, from the full-on diagnosis to chemo to uh, her ultimate passing. And I was raised by a single parent. Um, luckily enough, me and my siblings, uh, Ron Osmond and Tanya Osmond, uh, we all rallied together. My sister 
traffic happens to knock you off kilter and uh, you hit rock bottom and this was a point in my life that for the first time in my life I felt lonely for the first time in my life I struggled with my place in the universe so I, I continued to operate my agency for another two years on top of the first two years of grieving or trying to grieve and I realized that I I really had a lot of work to do in my life uh, to come to a happy place again and, and to deal with the loss of my mom and aunts and uncles and my grandmother. And so all of this happened in a, you know, a two and a half year period and it really rocked me. So I made a decision for the first time in my life to take care of myself. I promised my mother I'd have no regrets and that I'd get a life. I mean, literally 48 hours before passing, my mother was reminding me to get a life. So um, I struggled with that. I wanted to really sort of grasp what she meant, and I was really having a hard time with it. So the only time I felt happy and safe and loved and not so lonely was when I was on the East Coast with my family. So I started developing a plan that ultimately took me another two years to execute because I love my talent so much. They are family to me, and I really felt like I was letting everybody down. And so I kept going. Uh, even though I was in a pretty lonely place. So as of October 1st, 2019, after nearly nine years, I closed my agency. Uh, I surrendered and became very vulnerable like my mother taught us during her passing. And I needed to fix me. I needed to take care of me for once. And so I did that. Um, I placed all of my talent as best I could with agencies and uh, Ignite Agency, uh, sorry, Ignite Artists uh, and Brandy England, uh, she's the West Coast lead, um, was the agency that sort of resonated with integrity, uh, you know, community love, uh, systemic of family, huge with nonprofit organizations and charity, which the talent are all involved in. So Brandy, uh, out of uh, you know, a handful of agencies that reached out to me to create uh, an East Coast chapter for them was really the only agency starting October 1st all the way up until May, uh, where I signed May 1st. Uh, they, they kept in touch with me. They, they offered to take my roster, and I didn't have to close my agency. They offered a, to split the commission because I'd already done all the work. And then also offered, if I closed, that their door would always be open to me and they welcome the opportunity to partner with me. So Ooh. I sort of started realizing uh, this past eight months of having no job, uh, having to deal with uh, the loss, the grief. I realized that there were many layers of, of grief in my life outside of my family passing, and that was grief from my childhood. Um, I won't get too heavy involved in that, but during eight months, I realized in order for me to get to a place to grieve for my mother and my grandmother, my aunts and uncles, I needed to deal with uh, my childhood, and I put up a wall at a very young age um, to protect myself from, from harm and uh, disappointment and, and not measuring up to other people's expectations. Uh, so for every child that out, is out there that's creative, I, my job is to encourage them to keep the wall down and uh, to see the world with both eyes and that nobody's ever going to be perfect. So, you know, revel in the idea that you're perfectly imperfect because that's who we are as human beings. So I 
after eight months, I took that wall down brick by brick. And um, part of that, that sense of loss and loneliness and grief that I like to call the vortex or the abyss, it's like being in this really dark place. You have no idea what direction you're going. And you're just sort of suspended in air. And, and in reality, gravity would, would drop us. But when you reach absolute surrendering and, and vulnerability, um, that's that floating sensation. And, and when, you, when you lose, you let go of the control and just allow things to be, that resonates with the universe. And then the universe catapults you to another side. On the other side, and you come out the authentic and intended you. So I've, I've done the work. Uh, there's always going to be work at the constant evolution, but I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm on the East Coast running a chapter for an amazing agency. I'm with my family every day, and my spirit and my soul is healing. So I, I like to say in this chapter of my life, I'm looking for lawless talent, talent that is willing to take brick by brick down in their lives expose themselves, be vulnerable, and surrender uh, to the process. And then you get to see the rest of the world on the other side of the wall. It's not just yourself fighting yourself. Um, and it's a wonderful place to be. Um, you know, I think the first step in all of this is, is recognizing the need to change within self. And when you do that, then you create a sense of change outwardly to the rest of the world. Whew. You are just on a level of a lot of artists, to be honest, because a lot of us do go through struggling to find the happiness within our success. Like, it sounds like, Zyrak, as I know you for about five years or so, I don't know if the audience knows that or not, but they do now, you have always been very successful in my eyes and go 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 and had a lot of people around you supporting you as much as they can but finding the happiness within without with shedding all of the success right and all the hard work when we sit with who we are i think that's hard for anyone yeah i mean i i'll be very honest but i um i struggled with the process of believing in myself and, and, and being the best agent I could be. I, I believe I was for the time, but I also know that um, we block our own blessings when we doubt ourselves. We, when we don't uh, challenge ourselves to surrender, we don't challenge ourselves to change things that have affected us, and that usually starts in childhood. Mm -hmm. And you can never maximize your true potential. Uh, success is weighed in my life. Uh, I measure it by my integrity and, and, and how I create that effective change. I believe that I've been able to to, to do that in, in being on the side of the game. There's a lot more work to be done. I do specialize in a large contingency of people of color, and that is simply based on my experience in the business. I, I'm 50 years old. I turned 50 in April. Uh, a lot of things came about that made me realize that this break was necessary for me to evolve and to, to really uh, challenge a system that has been stagnated and a, and a system that hasn't been there. Uh, it, it's gotten better in the last five, six, seven years. I, I truth that is true. But we're not, on a, uh, we're not equal in terms of ethnic numbers. Uh, so it's getting there. We're starting to see a lot more guest star roles and, and supporting roles and, and, and 
I've always known you as that, actually. Since I met um, Uma Jama of Go Fish, supporting her in Vancouver, actually, we met you, and you are a pillar for supporting um, artists of ethnicity because they're not, there isn't really so many agencies that are geared toward that view that people can think of. Like, you're a genius to do that. Well, I'll tell you right now what's going on in the world. Every agency right now is finally stepping up. <laughs> it's trying to diversify now. To sign people of color and, and filling the demographics that um, have been lower numbers over the years. Uh, I, I'm proud of this business for recognizing that there is a need for change. Um, we're all affected and, and, and conditioned by our environment, so uh, I forgive, um, and I, I move forward trying to educate and not hold on to uh, some of the, the horrific past experiences that we people of color have had to endure. With that said, peaceful uh, congregations and, and, and uh, you know, effective change can't happen through violence, um, so I encourage everybody out there to have their voice heard release the pain, uh, the painful experiences that we've been through um, and, and allow people to understand and resonate where our spirit and our souls have been. Not everyone is going to understand it. it isn't, it's, a, it's a unique dynamic. If you haven't experienced it because they're not people of color, it's very difficult to comprehend it and to fully encompass it. Yeah. But if you listen to the story, you become a part of that change. Uh, sometimes just having an ear is, is, is magical. And I think the world is listening right now. And so that's why I'm grateful to be speaking with you today. And I'm grateful to tell everybody, especially people of color, now is the time to up your game. And, and there are ways that we can do this. Um, and we have to break the stereotypical, uh, perpetuated barriers that usually media is responsible for perpetuating. Um, and show the world that, you know, we are not just, uh, you know, stagnated with our, our, our culture and our, our, our traditions, that we are global people, and that we we deserve to, to play roles that stereotypically were roles only played by Caucasians. Um, it's our job to rise up. It's our job um, to show the rest of the world that we're not aggressive people, that we have stories that are unique that lend to a global perspective. And, and uh, that's our job as performers. We, we, we take a story and we bring it to life. And, and that starts with our own personal stories. So when we are allowed to take that wall down, that was the thing that we're allowing ourselves to have our voices heard and our stories seen. And I think as well, that's really great that you said that. Uh, anyone listening who's inspired by you or affected like you are um, should definitely add you and watch what you're doing because you're so classy with the way how you say things. Oh, I'm just so proud of you for how you said that. Um, for people cause who might not know, you can really relate to actors because you have not only um, been a in the music industry in New York – but um, and had your own record label for a while, but you've actually done acting. You've been in the room. You know what it's like. You know what they're looking for. So sometimes I always say with agencies and finding a new agent and who to connect with or if they're very new, 
it's not just about finding the biggest and the best and the the most you know the person's agency that's at the top of Google or whatever it's really about finding that connection with the agent that you relate to and you want to be a team so I want to talk about finding it a proper agent for you and about finding a manager I know you do a little bit of managing um, when you choose to so let's get into the long life relationship that can be created with an artist and an agent. Well, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this from uh, uh, you know my my honest and vulnerable side here. Okay. I went into performance based on uh, creating you know a fantasy world to escape as a child from childhood trauma. It was my my place that nobody could touch me. And so I went in not realizing that this could be a career for me. Um, and so I sort of ran away. I, you know, I got a, a modeling contract with McDonald and Richards uh, on Park Avenue in, in New York City. And I never believed I could be a model. I, I my own mirror image of myself was probably worse than anybody could project upon me. Uh, and that was me sort of swimming in my own pain. And so off to New York, I went thinking I was going to change the world, but never thought about changing myself. Um, and, and I say that because the camera never lied. If you are uh, uh, covering up the authentic you, uh, the camera will catch that every single time. So I, I, I went and uh, I discovered that no matter where you go, your problems will follow you. Um, and so I kept my foot in, but I honestly doubted myself and I sabotaged a lot of things in my career because of my self-doubt. And um, so confidence is something that has to be real and it has to be secure within you as an artist. Um, and that's why that wall coming down is essential. Uh, I didn't have anyone guiding me in that perspective. Um, so I did lots of things, uh, you know, I had my seven-year stint as a, a contacted international fashion model. I worked in theater, uh, in, in, in the music industry. I, in 2001, I won the daytime New York City uh, vocal competition, and I followed that up with the best um, male contemporary artist in Staten Island. And voice and singing was really uh, my saving grace. It was my way to cry to the universe, help me, help me. Um, and yet I still, when it came time to, uh, you know, getting a record contract, I sabotaged it because I, I wasn't fully prepared to let the world know that my inner child was hurting. I, I had abandonment issues. I had sexual abuse issues. Um, I have, I had mental trauma issues. And so as a parent, I want, I want everyone to understand that when you speak to your children, careful what you say, be careful of the environment that your child is in because uh, it does create a long-term systemic uh, uh, barrier if it's coming from a negative standpoint. So it didn't matter how many people told me I was the shit nit. Uh, if, uh, if you don't believe it yourself, yeah. it never comes to full fruition. And it took until the passing of my mother to rock my world to truly understand that I've been going about things, uh, you know, sort of with my eyes semi-closed, and that 
to guide them and let them know that you're not alone and that it's a partnership. And I've found that many agents and agencies um, are systemic of the idea that they run the show and, and the actor or the performer is secondary. In this journey, um, with myself and, 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 and the performers I deal with, we walk side by side, hand in hand. Nobody's ahead and nobody's behind. The partnership must be equal. And so there's a lot of mentoring involved. There's lots of development involved. And mm-hmm. there has to be a trust. Uh, I believe it was Jimmy Fox who was watching an interview. And he attributed his success to not jumping around from agent to agent. Uh, we often hear that, you know, oh, my agent's not getting me in, my room, in the room. My agent's not working for me. No agent is in the game to have people sitting around. It's not conducive of running a business. We all have bills to pay. Um, and so as agents, we, we tend to, uh, you know, gravitate to those who are putting in the work equally in the partnership. It's easy to work for people who are working for themselves. Um, so if there are barriers in your way, if there is doubt or lack of confidence, I suggest you check out, do the work, come back fully charged, and and and, and meet that 50% in that partnership for it to be successful. Uh, I believe opportunities that is, is rampant left and right. Are you reaching for it? Um, you know, with this new pair of glasses that I'm wearing now after having a hiatus and really having to deal with myself, I'm ignited and I'm charged. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm, I'm more dignified and respectful of myself than I've ever been. Mm. I now know that what I lend to the universe is what I get back. And so that positivity, that hard work, that eyes wide open and the wall down is the only way to secure your long-term goals and each individual performance goals will differ. So in that partnership, we develop the long-term plan. So I'm no different than any actor out there. Um, the difference is I'm willing to tell you what I did wrong and, and, and to change that dynamic for you in this partnership. I'll be your cheerleader. I'll help safeguard you. I'll mentor you. Um, but there has to be an openness and a willingness to surrender to me as I am willing to you. Yes. Yes. I see on your roster as well uh, that you don't have a million people either. I really like that. I think that you're somebody that really wants to mold their talent and and walk that career with them. Longevity is key and king in entertainment. And you understand that so well. And chatting with you about all of this, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm interviewing you today not just because of the person you are and the inspiration that you bring to us and and really there's a lot of similarities of things that you've said that so many of us are going through. So you are not alone with how you feel, Uh, trust me, that the mental health aspect of being in film can really make or break people. We know the truth. People have killed themselves over it. They've been killed over it. Like there's been so many crazy things that have happened within the world of entertainment. But I got to say the people that love the world of entertainment are a certain personality. Strong and want to share their message to the world or want to support people that want to share the message. I always say that just because, say, a woman or an agent or anyone is behind somebody else that isn't getting maybe the credit they deserve, 
that not to look a, uh, past that and remember that the people that help make somebody a star are usually the ones that are to thank the most. Yeah, well, you know, it's the partnership. I mean, yeah. you, if we can get you uh, in front of the right people, the right casting director, the right director, the right producer, the right executive network, um, that's great. But you still have to put in the work. So you get called, but do you ha- what do you have to back it up? Yeah. Who are you? Are you re- reflective of the brand that, you know, that production company is looking for? That's why your social media is so important. I, a lot of agents don't want to be hands-on with the social media, but I will tell you that social media is predicting more stars along with film uh, uh, festivals than any other medium right now. So uh, with COVID, everything has moved online. So here's some advice I want to give every performer on the planet. yourself isn't enough time for you to get your online presence cleaned up and your platforms you know consistent and uniform there will never be a better time for you to do it so if, if you can't do it now you will never be able to do it so with casting directors taking selfies directors producers writers clients executive networks being online searching people this is the time that you need to shine so i like to tell people you need 15 hours a week to put into your past. That's audition. That's training. Um, you know, if you're not recognizable, then you really don't have a voice. Um, and the whole idea to get to a place where you can get a voice, get recognizability, create a second change in the world. So I take on people that are passionate about something they want to change. They want to be hands-on with that change. So I encourage each actor and performer out there Find something that is near and dear to your heart. And when you get that voice and you climb to the top of that mountaintop and you've got that bullhorn and everybody's listening, what do you want them to hear? Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, I'm systemic of the idea that, uh, you know, a millionaire isn't intended to keep the money to themselves. A millionaire is intended to spawn other millionaires. Yeah. Uh, Therefore, your voice uh, in this business is ultimate credibility um, and so I encourage everyone to find what that is that resonates in your heart and let that be your motivating uh, energy that will propel you to get to the top of that mountaintop. Not money, I mean it's great, let's hope we can pay our bills along the way and create a effective change through, you know, stories that resonate with everybody that shows us all that we are all the same regardless of our gender, our color, our sexual preference, or a political standpoint, a religious point of view, we're all the same. We all have a right to to have an opinion. But what can we do as a collective because we are responsible for creating such stories that resonate with people? What is it that we can do with our voice that can further create that effect of change? Um, so I encourage all the actors out there that are, are, are vying for those leads in those feature films or, or, or the series regulars in, in those TV series and those massive networks, the goal is to have your voice be heard. So figure that out. Let that be the motivator behind what you do. And, and if you allow that, you'll find that you'll be successful. That's an amazing thing to say for people who are searching for that to find out who they are now with inside and the voice and what they want to be able to say to the audience once they do make it. 
It's not just about making it and being on TV. It's about, you know, creating a legacy. I really view that. I like that. Well, establish your brand right now and, 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 and fine-tune it as you move forward uh, towards gaining that voice. Uh, do material that, that take jobs that resonate with you. Don't take the job just to have the job. Take the job because you know it, it, it's aligned with who you are as a person. And, and it's going to, uh, you know, step by step create that effective change. Uh, once you get to the mountaintop, you can't, you can't be wishy-washy with who you are. Everyone defines you based on your work in this game. Mm-hmm. So pick the work that really, really touches you. Pick the work that you know um, resonates from a past experience in your life. Every role that we ever play as performers, we are, we can draw from it directly or indirectly. So, for example, you may not be have been you know a drug addict, but you've known one. You know, you may not have had, gone through sexual abuse, but you know somebody who has, uh, or, or somebody who has abandonment issues. You know somebody who has. So, you know, draw from that real world experience. Uh, you know, the one thing that every single performer must understand that you are uniquely you. Somebody can have the same name as you, but they are not you. So take that personal experience and and, and, and use that, again, as part of your driving force to have your message heard. Uh, Some of these, the the most difficult roles are the darker roles, like being an abusive parent or abusive spouse or a pedophile or a rapist or, you know, a, a flat out, you know, drug addict down in the downtown east side in Vancouver. Those are the hardest roles. But, you know, when these things come about, these opportunities come about, you must step into the realm. If you don't have that tangible experience, you must step into it. So I encourage actors, for example, if you're going to go into a dark role, take yourself down to the downtown east side, do your homework, you know, sort of navigate your way through the crowd down there, talk to some of the people that are suffering with the mental health issues, the drug addiction and the abuse. Um, they're no different than you or I. We are all one step away from being in the same place. So when you see that curve, don't think that on the other side of the curve, that can't be you, because it, it can be. Because if you take a look at what on downtown East Side, nobody expected to be there. Nobody wants to go up going, I'm going to be a drug addict. Or a yeah. a deadbeat dad or, or an abusive husband or wife. It doesn't work that way. Experience leads us to a place that we hit rock bottom. And and so you make a decision based on that and hopefully you can prevent yourself from stepping off that curve. I don't judge. Uh, I I know that I carry my own pain and I know what that feels like. I am not racist, I am not sexist in any way, shape or form. Um, I am one who champions the underdog because my whole life I've always felt that yes. I'm an underdog. You, me too. Oh, geez, we connect so much. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, just sidelining off that topic. What do you think an underdog artist and and person can do to change that view of themselves? Um, you know, I I believe. I believe it, it is a learned behavior. I believe, uh, if you want to backtrack to saying, when I was saying, parents, be careful how you speak to your children in the environment that you happen in because it causes long-term effects that we struggle with. I think I'm an underdog because of my, you know, abandonment issue. 
I think I'm the underdog because of, of sexual abuse that I've endured and physical abuse I've endured uh, because of being black, because of being biracial, because of being with a single parent, because of growing up in the projects. It's, it is a system that is designed to hold you down. And if you have someone telling you you're not good enough, you're going to believe that. At some point, you're going to hold on to it. And this usually starts as a child. And I'm going to reference a child every single time because we were conditioned at a very young age. So that, that empowerment must start at a young age. That positive energy source must start at a younger age. So I believe, uh, you know, because of my parents' pain and what they had to go through, and of course they were environmentally conditioned in times, uh, you know, in, in the, the 40s, 50s, and 60s were brutal in comparison to now. Although we still suffer with the same problems, have a look at Black Lives Matter. Uh, that, that will tell you. Mm-hmm. But um, we are all conditioned to, you know, there's a glass ceiling that is, is given to us at a young age and says you're not going to be able to surpass that. You'll never be better than them. So we settle with ourselves by thinking that we're not good enough or that we can't achieve that level of success. So that's what an underdog to me is, is somebody that keeps bouncing on the glass ceiling that can't seem to break the barrier. And that barrier isn't really a physical barrier. That barrier is a mental barrier. And it's something that is learned from a very young age. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. So as you said right now, You've gone through all this hellacious life, living life, you know. we Everyone goes through different things just at different times, the same things at different times. But it seems like you're doing well now. Being able to talk about that painful stuff and truly inspiring anyone you speak to. Being vulnerable is so key and I really love that people, when they do open up, because it really makes somebody else want to be that way with you, you know, because when you have nothing to hide, there's nothing to really get in on, right, and be negative about. When you own yourself and say, this is what I've been through, this is who I am, I think that's where a lot of respect comes in. Yeah, I think, I think it's really important as well to understand that you, there's one thing to want to have your voice heard, you know, the greater part of it is allowing your voice to be heard. There's a difference. And so I've always wanted my, my, my voice heard. That's why I went into creative arts. That was my way of releasing, uh, you know, what I was carrying, or at least I thought it was. It gave me a small measure of releasing it, but not fully. Um, and, you know, my job here is to go, look, I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I have been fortunate enough to stay in the game that I could sustain myself with my eyes closed while I escaped through it and, 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 and sort of that was my measure to deal with the loss and grief. But when you come out of this and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, then our story attaches to somebody else's story. That makes the picture much bigger than that, that universal energy, vibrational energy passes along from one person to the next to remind them that they're not alone. And then it gives them the courage to, to open up and, 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 and have no fear of the constant judgment. We're always evaluated. I mean, again, mm-hmm. coming into this business, uh, being vulnerable is something that is a natural place to be for a lot of people to sort of try to defy it or to, to, to work against 
in order for you to do great work and to 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 be cast in you know big roles that are significant with stories, there has to be the willingness to to be vulnerable, open open yourself to that. So I hope that you know with with my experience and exposing the truth about me and and coming full circle to where I am right now, that if if I can touch one person and and give them the ability to believe that even an underdog, you know, can champion the world, then I think I've done my job. I mean, I hope to do that with more than one person, but uh, I do that because my silence isn't helping anybody and certainly not myself. Now that I've found my inner voice, I can come outwardly because I had to go inwardly first to deal with it. I can come outwardly now and, and I did a video on my, my personal page on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm very forthright in my approach and I don't ask permission. I, I am who I am and, I, and anyone who knows me, I'm systemic of love and, 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 and nurturing. But I also know that I have a voice that has been locked up for a while. So I you know, started doing some inspirational videos to, to help me release, just to take the weight off my shoulders. And I think it's very comparable to Black Lives Matters. And, and we're starting to see all these stories being told on Facebook and social media. Uh, productions are really moving forward with, with, with this type of movement. Um, and the idea was just to release it. But uh, I did a video that I, I, I wrote down. I, my intention was not to go there, trust me. I mean, you know, I know how the world judges us. And, um, and I know social media is the eye and the ear of, of the universe, really. At this point, you reach so many people. But I, I went into my story, and I started crying. I, I had a little meltdown, but a good meltdown. Those were, were, were tears of joy. And I found myself in the moment trying to give advice that I found myself ultimately surrendering and being vulnerable in the moment. And I didn't challenge it. I let it be. I've had so many phone calls and so many emails and so many Facebook messages saying, oh my God, I, I saw your video and um, you're the agent I want to work with or I'm not in the business, but you know, I lost my mom three years ago and I've hit rock bottom and I don't know how to come out of the dark. And so I'm mentoring people I don't know on, on, on the lovely world of the internet that I don't represent, that they're not in this business, but I, again, I'm a firm believer what you give to the universe That's um, something that uh, some people who are really in tune with themselves can really see that. Uh, Jordan Gooden, uh, my client, who's my PR client out in Calgary here, um, but soon to be Vancouver, um, he just the other day said, I need representation that's going to go with me the long way when I get out there and all of that. And then here you came. <laughs> I feel like that's so true. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, luckily I've been good and blessed enough. I've had a core group of people I represent 
for the weight that I was carrying. Mm. But this new me is nowhere near the old agent that people have been dealing with for the last 10, 12 years. This is a stronger me. This is an agent with their eyes open. I've learned to love even deeper. My gratitude and, and my spirit is completely full. I now know that everybody who is
we're sort of disenchanted. Our energy is channeled um, into a, a different direction. Therefore, you know, we don't connect in that room for the role we're auditioning for and don't accept the callback. Don't. Casting directors are looking for, you know, talent that is going to make them look good so they can continue to get the job every season or every future film. Um, they're, they're not there to do the work for you. They're there to do the work with you. So you must show up. Everything you do in your life right now, show up. Don't have that. Sit. Show up. And if you show up fully, you'll start to see that the world opens up to you and that all of a sudden you're booking, all of a sudden you're establishing relationships. There's a buzz in the business about who you are. Look out for, you know, Jordan Gruden. Um, you know, that, that opening, openness and willingness must happen in the moment. Every audition, you can prepare for an audition the night before and it could be a seven-pager for a series regular role. You have done the, the character breakdown, the script analysis, your body movement, your vocal tones, your warm-ups. But when you get to the room the next day for that audition, it's never what you prepared for. I mean, you don't take little tidbits of it, but what happens in the moment is where the magic is. That's what separates you from everybody else. Go with it. Yeah, the Find training. Beginning, a middle, and an end, and go with it. Yeah, when you're in that room, you're right. It's muscle memory. It's the training. It's what you've been taught. It's just what you're going to naturally give out as a performance. And you're right. You prepare. You do all that. <laughs> and then in the room, it's like you better make sure you, you're you solid in your head to just do it naturally. Even if you forget everything, it just comes out anyway. Well, the tip is casting and production and writers and producers and directors they don't have a general idea of what they're looking for. That's why they call people into the room. That's what makes you unique. It's what you bring to the table. So try to be unique every time you walk in there. You know, champion and revel in the glory that you are uniquely you. There is no other person like you, identically like you. No way. No way. So I, I like to say, for example, we, we call in 15 people to the room to play the role of a cop. And most I'm going to say 85% of those actors go in there and, you know, rah, rah, bang them up and, oh, I'm tough and all this stuff. But that's the side that's expected. That's the norm. But go in that room and show them a side and be one of those 15 percentiles that are doing something that you're bringing uniquely different to the table. A casting director wants to resound with something that evokes something in them that is very different than anybody else was able to do. A casting director will say, oh, my God, I did charge for auditioning. And the first hour and 45 minutes was dreadful. It was awful. Same people, different names, different race, different gender, but they all came up with the same storyline. They played it out the same. But, uh, you know, an hour and 45 minutes into it, somebody walked into the room and did something completely off the cuff. And, and it opened my eyes as a casting director to go, I never thought it could be played this way. You're getting a call back, trust me. Trust me, you're getting a call back. And that casting director is already talking to the network about you because you did something that stood out so magnificently um, that, you know, you have to be different. Ooh. And different is good, especially in this paradigm in this game. Different is good. Wow. That is some new information that I think all of us here listening are going to want to replay this interview and jot down all these notes 
Thank you so much for your time and being so vulnerable and authentic and letting us know some real authentic things that artists can do, especially actors, that they can do to move forward. You know, it's, it's so important that people share the truth about what it takes to make it because the people that really do want to make it, sometimes they don't have all the information. Um, where can we find you on social media? Well, you can find me on social media at Ignite Artists on, on Instagram. Um, we work as a collective, so we don't have any, uh, any, any separate accounts in that manner. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, reach out to me on uh, you know, Instagram. Uh, Facebook seems to be my platform. I'd love to expose um, a new talent I'm working with. Uh, you know, I introduce them to the family so that the universe feels the love. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always announcing. I'm, I'm a social person. I try my best to keep up um, with what's happening in the world and giving loving and encouraging uh, energy out to the universe on my Facebook. Um, so, yeah, I'm busy. We all are. But I'm never too busy that I can't find some time at some point to respond. So... I love people who want to submit uh, to uh, get on my personal roster. I, I encourage you to submit at Toronto Agent. So Toronto Agent at Ignite Artists Plural. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'll be attaching the link to your guys' website so everyone can see everything about your amazing team. You work with a lot of amazing women, I see, which is really great. And uh, a fitness trainer in there as well, uh, who seems very nice, a gentleman there. So it's yeah. very cool to to kind of look into your world of a successful agent and what it takes. It's it's not something that most actors or artists or writers get to really talk with somebody about normally because it's kind of a hush-hush yeah. industry, you know. It's not really like something that's on the, the cover of a magazine. But I think for sure someone like you is handsome as you are. Ladies, gentlemen, he's very handsome. Extreme, beautiful skin. I love your beard. Nice and, and like shaved out properly right under the cheekbones. Like, woo. I haven't really shaved during COVID. Oh, really? People, they look like Ozzy Osbourne. And I'm over here going, can I just get these patches filled in, please? Oh, you're patchy. He gets patchy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I would never want you Professional, but, you know, mysterious. Yeah. 
Amazing. Oh, Zyrak, thank you so much for your time. You know, I did want to mention quickly that I'm also a part of producing a mental health podcast. So you must come on there because we've been searching and searching for uh, groups that, you know, we want to be a movement a little bit about chatting about mental health within Calgary, especially in Alberta, from the movie that it stems from, February's Dog. Um, but we do a Facebook uh, show with celebrity types that, in you know, educate us and have connections like that and care about talking about it. So please, we well, want to have you on the I'm show. Yes, uh, I'll I be want you talking. To talk about Brandy England, uh, who's our West Coast uh, lead and rep, uh, does a, a, a teen wealth um, radio show based out of Nevada, and we talk about issues with teens, and we've had. People come on and talk about, I grew up with a parent that had no legs and no arms. Oh, wow. And what that could, yeah, what that can do to your mental health and how it's perceived by your peers on the outside and how they teach you. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of things, doors. Um, you know, uh, people that uh, have had, you know, incredible surgeries or transgender or gays. Um, you know, we really love to support teens because, you know, it's a terrible point in life that you develop the idea of who you are. And that, that development of that idea of who you are should always be positive. There should be a loving idea of who you are. So I'm proud to know that, that you guys are doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, that is universal work that more people need to do. So kudos to Thank you. you. I think you should check it out. Team Wealth, maybe we can sort of uh, align ourselves and maybe get you in on an interview. I would love to get uh, the cast of uh, February's Dog uh, including myself, um, on there and just keep the ball rolling. I would love to talk about mental health 
a lot more and you know a lot about it so you would be a great person for our show <laughs> so thank you so much wow everyone of Ignite Artists. He's the lead agent and he just makes change for anyone he chats with. So thank you so much for your time today and we will talk with you again very soon. Yes, thank you. Everybody be good to each other, be kind to each other and love each other. We are all one hashtag.